Hi, welcome to another supplemental episode of Civil Politics here on the Planetside Podcast Network. Uh, there was an interesting insight that I had uh, talking with Sue and Genre after the, the, the this evening's show where we had Professor Cedric de Leon from UMass on talking about his book Crisis, When Political Parties Lose the Consent to Rule. And I was intrigued because, um, well, he outlines sort of a, a a four stage, like he identified sort of four stages of how think parties sort of lose their grip on power. Like something goes wrong. There's some unusual event that uh, uh, causes some kind of crisis, I guess, and uh, or or some kind of challenge to authority, and that leads to uh, a break in the ordinary order, maybe, and that leads to people defecting from political party because it's like, yeah, yeah, these Democrats, they don't know what they're doing, and the Republicans suck. Let's do something new or whatever, you know, or maybe people flip, you know, like the Reagan Democrats, for example, and then. Uh, uh, typically, there's an attempt by the political establishment to reabsorb them and to, you know, bring people back into the fold. And if it works, cool, problem solved. And if it doesn't, well, then you get a political crisis. And uh, Cedric said, that basically, there are three sort of ways that people find their way out of the crisis. Uh uh Caesarism. Caesarism, you know, so, like some kind of charismatic strongman. Uh, or there's uh, some kind of... Uh, uh, sort of either a, a, an actual new deal, like actual real reforms that actually make changes that people need, or at least some sort of, you know, they've changed the mask and it's a new, you know, like th there's a fresh new glove, velvet glove on, on the iron fist now that doesn't have any blood soaked in it. So but it's, it's great. But it's from the establishment that's re-exerting its right. control. And then third, there's a sort of an upheaval mass movement, you know, like the civil rights movement or the labor movement or whatever, something that really pushes people uh, uh, that that's that's coming from the bottom up. And I just what struck me is in a way that helps me to sort of see the difference between the people who are supporting Elizabeth Warren, like me, and the people who are pushing for, you know, who are really advocating strongly for Bernie Sanders. Like, I like Bernie Sanders. I'd be willing to vote for him. I, I think he's got a lot of, there's, there's a lot to like about Bernie Sanders and what he wants to do in his political platform. Uh, I just personally think I would feel better about Warren actually being the president. But that's that's me. There are plenty of people who are like, no, Warren isn't nearly progressive or socialist enough. You know, she used to be a Republican or whatever. And I just see it as like, yeah, well, hey, well, well we could, I really like the discussion you guys had last week about how Warren is an example of someone like as they learn more about how the world works, they're like, wait, no, there's a huge problem. I can't be part of this political party anymore. Yeah, that's why I say I, not boo Republican. Mm. <laughs> but um more okay. like We're right friends. now right <laughs> right now uh boo because uh people are using that as a negative that she used to be a republican so she's tainted somehow it really it really gets to me yeah so so yeah, it's amazing how easy it is to be tainted by something in this environment mm. and like what you know you tweeted 20 years ago i mean it's happening yeah. sort of in all the it, it, yeah, people are disqualified yeah. very easily. Shouldn't have eaten the salmon moose. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the you're describing uh, cancel culture. Is uh, that what that is? Yeah. Cancel uh, oh, when when someone is uh, canceled, they are uh, basically they they've done something that they haven't been uh, there. They haven't 
been accounted like sorry there it is an unforgivable sin well no they they haven't had any consequences for that they they've done something there have not been any consequences um so uh, as as of yet so people use their social power to um to either like vote for their dollars or just shun them basically because or harass them mm, not so much not cancel culture in its purest form is more ostracization yeah uh there could be some some people but uh it's there are issues with it and actually you can learn more about that on i shouldn't have to say this go to say this cast dot pinecast.co we have a whole episode about cancel culture and the issues with it another fine example uh another fine show from the planetside podcast network exactly i'll have to check that out i'd like to hear that one so so to me just like they're both trying to both warren and sanders are both you know left-wing progressive politicians who are trying to mobilize more than just your typical people who already turn out to vote all the time they're trying to bring new people in and they're trying to energize and excite people um but i think in a real sense like elizabeth warren's vision i was just going to say the word vision is is kind of like a new deal like it's it's a little bit of it won't totally dismantle the ruling class. It'll it'll be concessions to to the ordinary people, uh, so that they have better lives and whatnot without totally blowing up the uh, uh, the the current power structure. And Bernie Sanders is pushing for I think a more fundamental change in how our society is organized. A revolution, yeah, yeah, a re- a revolution or. But they both be- a, re- a reform, not a not a revolution in the sense of like, hey, look, there's blood in the streets, woo! I, I, you know, Bernie is. Rev- I mean, Ber- a revolution meaning structural change. Yes, yes, major structural major, change. Major, yeah. yeah so they're the both system. acknowledging that something's very broken. I would say. Yeah. In a way that I don't think Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg or even Cory Booker, whom I quite like, but I don't well, think Cory Booker is recognizing. I think Cory goes in that direction pretty well. Not enough. Not, Not as enough. much as they do. Yeah, he's he's still establishment. He's kind of in the middle between uh, Warren and and Buttigieg, Buttigieg. probably. Uh, he's he's more left than Buttigieg, but he's still squarely in the in the uh, establishment column. I think he, he hasn't said anything about structural change. Uh, he is more about looking at the system and. And, and spot welding, basically. Yeah. Right. Which was the Barack Obama approach. Yes. And one of the reasons I voted for Barack Obama, and I've said this before, sorry, I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, but like one of the reasons I voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012 was I was like, hey, you know, like our system, our, our country is flawed. We have major problems. We have his, his systemic and historic injustices that we need to address. But we have a system that's predicated on the idea that we're all created equal and that we all get a vote and we all matter and we can all get somewhere we can all enjoy better lives because of our liberties and and opportunities and so forth and obama's a great example of that you know because like who's been more disenfranchised than black men in this country i mean i guess are arguably some identities but black women sure but (laughs) yep black people have definitely been disenfranchised and obama certainly faced some difficulties in life because of the color of his skin and what a change it is that uh you know the state of North Carolina would vote to, you know, give their electoral votes to a black man to be president. And then once he actually was in power, as as Cedric talked about, like, 
you know, there was this whole sort of breakdown of trying to stop him from doing too much. And, you know, he, the kind of changes he wanted to make were important, but he wasn't going to upend the system. I mean, the Affordable Care Act is the perfect example of it's 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 more than just spot welding, but it's still like, oh, yeah, that engine, well, what you need is a new carburetor. He's not like, we're going to take out this gasoline-powered internal combustion engine and put in a new uh, electric engine, you know, uh, electric motor powered by powered by the sun, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> I heard a, a great debate was a long time ago between William F. Buckley Jr. and I think it was Jermaine Greer, and he was going on and on about, you know, people who succeed and all that, and she looked at him and she said... Just because someone escapes from a prison doesn't mean the prison doesn't exist. And I think... Wow. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah, it was a showstopper. I've never seen him respond to somebody that way. I mean, she stopped him in his tracks. It was a very famous... It was sort of one of those during the... I've never heard that, but that is is one for the ages. Yeah, and See if we can find that clip on YouTube. Yeah, Mm. and one one of the things when you were talking about Obama is... Yeah, sometimes folks escape because they do compromise a little bit, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they don't take it to the mat because people that take it to the mat sometimes are killed. You know, they're killed off. Yeah. by the process. So, this like Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Now, who's Fred Hampton? He was one of the Black Panther organizers. He was oh, okay. assassinated by the Chicago Police yeah. Department. Some of the other names I might have recognized, but not his. No. Um. So in this. Arena. I mean, if you if you follow the logic of our um, the guests that we were in the book we were talking about, mm-hmm. I just look at all the candidates and I just don't I don't see it and I don't quite see the political movement to to put anybody in office. It seems like it's just now maybe it will crystallize and come together. You know, we're still you know a month away from Iowa, but it just feels to me like you know we're headed into a in the mouth of the you know the ever widening gyre of. Uh, Things What's falling happening? apart. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see anybody that's that speaks to me that that you know can pull it off or can sort of survive what happens next. But you know, people emerge; they do. They they do. Um, to me, uh, a big part of uh, 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 what's going to all right. So one of the one of the central p- reasons people go like, oh, Joe Biden, he can beat Trump. And there, like one of the uh, problems, I think, with uh, discussions about Democratic presidential candidates, uh, you know, within our little tent, within our group, <laughs> uh, is a lot of people are just focusing on, like, just beating Trump. Like, all we got to do is beat Trump. And it's like, no. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And it's not even just like, we got to beat Trump and take the Senate. I mean, yeah, the Democrats have to do those things. But once they take back the White House and take back total control of Congress— uh, the Democrats have to then do, do something with that, and they have yeah. to be significant structural changes, which maybe like why voting rights, like like uh, HR one, the the bill Speaker Pelosi put forth, yeah. uh, and uh, HR three, I forget what that is, but it's like another thing that's like a right. real, you know, it's a real so visionary kind of. Th- a there bill. are some major changes, and another one, uh, another change uh, that. Uh, uh, I only really see Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders talking about is uh, uh, basically student loan forgiveness. Yeah. And if they don't want to do student loan forgiveness, certainly can change the interest rate. They should change. Should they should. Re- they should revert bankruptcy law back to the way it used to be, so that people can go bankrupt and discharge their student loan. Do you debt. know why that was changed? Yeah, because like there's a lot of money ca- caught up in student loans, and it's a great way to screw people and 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 keep them dependent. No, oh, I sorry. Meant- Oh, okay. Um, 
It well, was why? Why was it done? <laughs> because my colleagues, <laughs> who went to medical school, discovered that they could declare bankruptcy had no effect on their ability to borrow because they were a doctor with a new. And it was there were many many doctors that discharged their medical education because it was outrageously priced. Yeah. But they were doing it in spades, and they were doing it all the time. And the financial industry fought back. That was that was their response to it. So it was really the it was the you know the huge medical education costs, and they could open a business the next day. They could open an office the next day because they would get loans to to, which is which is fascinating because arguably the way to punish that would be to say, well, you know, yes, you're a physician, but still, you screwed us. So you know, we're not going to trust you with money. We're not going to loan you money for a couple of years. Yeah, and the only people that got screwed were the people that made educational loans because the people that made loans for all their you know, building out their offices and stuff, they all got repaid. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. Very interesting, though. Darn doctors. With <laughs> I know, they always yeah. think it's those poor people that went to school, right? No, it's the people that had the most to gain by... Right. And had good tax lawyers and said, you know, if you just do this, you'd be out from under right. it in a but, heartbeat. <laughs> but everybody else is caught up in it. And this is one yeah. of the major forms of, of well, debt peonage, I think, is, is, is the way to call it, um, oh. frankly. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know many people in our my generational cohort, or or even Stefan's, uh, to pick somebody who's only like thirty, um, who uh, I don't know many people who who don't have car- still have student loans even years after finishing college, even decades, or who else struggled with it. You know, and I'm I'm lucky I didn't, yeah. and I'm I'm unusual in that respect. Yeah, I had lots of debt, and I paid yeah. it back. And 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 I kept going back to school. I just didn't learn. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're well, meandering. <laughs> well, uh, so, uh, but I wanted to bring that. Did, did I wanted to make sure that I w- didn't cut you off if you had like a big point you wanted to make or? I think I made it. Cool. <laughs> Genre. <sighs> Thank you and good night. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this supplemental. Um, so, if you uh, look in the show notes, well, I don't, I don't think there are any links for this for this uh, supplemental. But um, check out uh, civilpoliticsradio.com to listen to other supplementals and other of our live shows. You can also go to planetsidepodcasts.com and uh, look at all of the other Planetside shows like I Shouldn't Have to Say This, which is a uh, good show if you like, if you want to hear more of me talking about politics with my friend Nicole. Who is a real working class radical. Oh, yeah. Me. (laughs) (laughs) And also uh, evidence-based. And evidence-based radio, which is uh, science-based, science, hard science, discussion about that. Um, And also Press Start to Continue, which is uh, video game and uh, nerdy music um so planetsidepodcast.com and thank you for checking it out yes thank you for listening this has been a special civil politics supplemental episode Uh, thanks for listening so long